Hey, thanks everyone for joining this episode of Strong Dads Community. Today we have Ashton Corello on the podcast. Ashton is a husband and a brand new father with insights on relationships and expanding spirituality. I hope you enjoy. All right, we're uh, we're live here. How you doing, Ashton? What's going on, man? Bud? So far, so good. We're gonna try to keep it that way. How about you, man? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thanks for being on the show today, man. Um, I know you're a proud new father. Um, mm-hmm. How old is your daughter? So she just turned seven weeks. <laughs> weeks. We're still counting weeks. Uh, this sat this past Saturday. So that was two days ago. Yeah. Oh man, so you are in the thick of it. I don't even know how you have time to be recording a podcast. <laughs> um, well, my wife is a superstar, and she lets me get a little more sleep than usual during the week. So, <laughs> uh, nice. Um, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. So, uh, tell tell the for the listeners out there, tell us a little bit about your current status. You know, a little bit about you, a little bit about Ashton, um, where you are in life right now. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I recently, uh, bought a home. Um, I've been, uh, out of school since 2016. Uh, I went to LSU. Um, I got my bachelor's there and then I went on to get my master's uh, my MBA online. Um, my wife, uh, she went to law school, so we moved. (laughs) I told her that I would move anywhere she wanted to go or anywhere she got into law school. Uh, I had lived at Baton Rouge for uh, about six, seven years at that point. So I was ready to check out something new and we ended up in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, and she went to law school there. Um, while I was in Montgomery, I joined an IT firm where I worked my way up and became an operations manager. Um, you know, organizing the uh, the company and managing a bunch of different types of projects. I did that for um, several years, and. Uh, my wife and I, um, well, we, we got married um, while we were in Montgomery, right after she graduated law school, um, we got married. And funny enough, if there's anybody out there uh, listening that's either had a spouse go through law school or knows a couple that's been through law school, uh, the, the story goes whenever the uh, students go through orientation, they 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 actually told my wife uh, at the time, you know, girlfriend this, that uh, if you are going into law school in a relationship, the odds are you will not be graduating law school in that relationship. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I saw that as challenge accepted. And on top of that, we were in a brand new city with like, and we didn't know anybody so that I can, that can either go like really good because it like brings you together or really bad because it's just like you can't handle it. Fortunately for us, it was really good. Uh, she's my best friend. and um, You know, we enjoyed our time together. Um, whenever she graduated, we got married. And uh, in that time, I'm working this IT job. I'm traveling all over the country and 
Um, after our first year of marriage, I realized, I looked at my calendar and I was in hotels and Airbnbs more than I was at my own house. And uh, kind of, well, it was a wake up call for me for sure. Um, I would definitely say there were, you know, we had gone, we'd gotten through law school fine and then we get out of it and things weren't necessarily where I had wanted them to be. So I had to make a decision to, you know, get out of this, this job that I invested a lot of time uh, in clearly. Um, so I, uh, I got out of that and I got into the green industry uh, being an operations manager for a lawn care franchise. And so um, that allowed my wife and I to move down to the uh, Eastern shore area uh, across the Bay from Mobile uh, where her. Um, and so we, we live in that area now. And um, is she from there? Yeah. Yeah. That's where she's from. And um, so we just bought a house down there. And so now we got the house and then shortly after we have the, the baby. And so uh, as far as where life's going right now, man, it's, uh, you know, things are looking great. Things are looking good. So Ashton, it's so interesting. And by the way, are you from Baton Rouge? So I'm not from Baton Rouge. I am from, a small town called it's not I don't even think it's technically a town yet. Uh, Moss Bluff, Louisiana. It's just north of Lake Charles, um, okay. Louisiana. So I'm from a small, small town, small community. Uh, and, you know, so Baton Rouge was like coming to the big city for me. Uh, <laughs> so, and uh, I know yeah. for people that are from Baton Rouge, that's like what uh, big town. OK, whatever. <laughs> It's a small town to them. So, yeah, yeah it's it's cool. Um, you are, uh, how do I say it, a, a bit more youthful than um, than I've had guests on this podcast. So it's really interesting to get your perspective on on sort of life, like your journey, sort of where you've been and uh, and what motivates you, what drives you, what you see in the world today. Um, you mentioned you mentioned this relationship that you have with your girlfriend, right? Like, so she goes into law school, and um, to me, I, I think when I think about the generation that's coming in, I don't I don't see as many people having relationships at such an early age, like you know, long standing relationships at an early age. Was yeah. that? Did you feel like uh, your relationship with your girlfriend was uh, was a bit uh, unique in, in terms of your peers? Um, I would say that my, my approach to relationships, probably like whenever you look, maybe not within my circle of friends. Um, I was very fortunate to have a, um, mature, like-minded circle of friends kind of moving through uh, my time at LSU, but, uh, probably whenever you think about the I mean, all the things you see in, in culture and pop culture nowadays, a lot of hookup culture and, and things of that nature. Yeah, it definitely was was not uh, following the trends, um, you know, my approach um, to our relationship. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, OK. Yeah. So uh, what what is the percentage of folks that stayed together uh, from that law school uh, comment? Did, did they give any stats or did you did you see anything firsthand? 
Oh, I saw a lot of people break up, man. Um, it, it was, uh, it, you know, I don't know if I can think of anybody else that made it through that started. Cause a lot of, a lot of the people that we knew that, that were in relationships, the both people were in uh, law school. So um, I guess that's, you know, a double whammy there, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. both people are in the thick of it. So, um, but, you know, I, I took things very slow with, um, with my girlfriend, um, you know, when we met, I took things slow. Uh, we actually knew each other for seven years before we got married. We were together for seven years before we got married. I mean, we, we did meet young, um, but for me, um, you know, I always knew I wanted to marry her, but I wanted to make sure that um, marriage is not – I did not want marriage to be like the event that kept us together. You know, the, I think the, the, the scary thing about, you know, what a lot of – especially single men – face nowadays is like you know oh man you know marriage is in 50 percent, or it might be more now you know like that's scary um but i think there's a a big uh influence from just social media and like the idea of what a relationship is you know um and i tried to structure everything about our relationship and she was very much on board with it too. We, we talked openly about this in ways that prevented that, you know, that social media idea of, of a relationship. Yeah. And by social media idea, are you referring to the sort of, uh, uh, your way right away type mentality, like the little Burger King motto of, hmm. uh, kind of, you know, get what you want. And, uh, and if it's not what you want, you leave. Is that, is that what you mean by that? Or is it something different? Well, there, there definitely is there, there's an element of, of having to understand that you, nobody's going to be perfect. Right. And you have to find the person that their imperfections are things that you, um, that you can learn to love and, um, and so, you know, just taking it slow and uh, it telling each other, you know, we, we told each other this very early on that we were going to always make a commitment to growing. You know, you see a lot of people um, or at least I had heard a lot of people, you know, make statements or post things online about, you know, if you can't love me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best or you know, this is just who I am. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to deal with that. And and she shouldn't have to deal with that either. We have to recognize that, um, you know, we, we're always in a growth stage and we're going to mess up along the way as long as we're able to admit those mistakes. So that's like crucial, right? You have to have the self-awareness to admit, hey, I did wrong, but I sincerely will commit to doing better. Um, and you know, we had those conversations um, often, especially early on in the relationship. And that just became a theme. Uh, also, whenever I talk about the social media idea of a relationship, um, 
you know, we don't really, you know, maybe in the beginning we made, you know, your, your post, your Valentine's day post and your, you know, you know, Oh, we made it a year together post or whatever. You know, we met when our early twenties. So, you know, that was something you had time to, to do, (laughs) but, uh, but we really just kind of got away from all that because to me and to her, what are you trying to accomplish on social media? And, and even if you come at it with pure intentions, it's so easy to get sucked into the likes and the appearances and, you know, the comparisons that it's just like, you know, we need to just focus on the people that we really care about and and want to share these things with and social media is just not for for me and for her it's not a great way to do it so we just kind of got off most of those platforms really so in addition to that like this social media concept what i mean i think of relationships like a rubik's cube man they're they're uh (laughs) they're just it's constant like they're complex and they're organic and they're constantly shifting and changing. And you've got two humans trying to connect uh, on a relational basis and, and things change. What, as you've kind of grown with your now uh, wife, what do you attribute that secret sauce to in, in your own relationship? Mm. Well, I think we, um, for us, it is, um, it really is that humility of recognizing that we can always do better, right? Um, I really like the phrase, if something doesn't grow, it rots. And so we both realize that we're on a journey. Um, We are a team on that journey right um so we we should be making each other's journey easier and better and um working together on that but also when when one one person struggles or or um maybe doesn't rise to the occasion that that's not the the end all be all as long as we're we're committed to to doing better and growing. So, um, yeah, I, I think just both having that attitude of, of growth, being a student, um, always knowing we're, we're, we can do better is our wow. secret sauce. Yeah. Mm, th- does that show up? How does that show up? Uh, like, do you get in fights and d- does that show up in, in, uh, your daily, like daily discussions? Uh, like if you guys meet a challenge, what does that look like? Well, you know, it it definitely, you know, we we moved in together when we left Baton Rouge, and so we uh, we definitely had a, a period in when we lived in Montgomery of figuring out how to live with each other. We're both pretty, we're both agreeable people, but inevitably you're gonna have some disagreements. Somebody doesn't. Uh, do something the right way or or the way somebody does a certain thing that you've always, you know, done a different way. And, uh, you know, it's um, 
you know, in the beginning, you, you start to figure that stuff out and, and you have those disagreements and, and then you always just kind of return to uh, return to, to why you, you got in this in the first place. Right. Um, you love each other and and you do want what's best for that person. And sometimes you've got to make, um, you know, sacrifices or um, accommodations or, um, you know, but I think as we've gotten further in our journey, it's become more and more, uh, you know, we've grown together. Uh, I've started this journey with Thumos now. Um, so we're just kind of just continuing to build and all that, the younger years of, of, you know, figuring out like, you know, how do you want the dishes done or, or, you know, how do I want the laundry done or whatever, like <laughs> yeah. we're past that now, you know, mm-hmm. it's, hey, it's you, a teamwork. That is, yeah. that is really cool. You, you mentioned Thumos and I love asking this question in, in uh, two sentences or less. What does, what does Thumos mean to you? Well, I, uh, I have a, a psychology background, and one of the things that fascinated me was the idea of the close, the many, and the powerful, and how they influence us. And Thumos uh, is choosing to surround yourself with the, the close, the many, and the powerful that are um, that are that are pulling you in that right direction in in a good direction, the direction that you want to go. So choosing to surround yourself with the right people, which ultimately is your tribe, right? Um, So Thumos is, is finding that tribe that, that gets me there for sure. Uh, And where do you see, uh, how do, how does spirituality fit in with your relationship um, in your journey, I mean, everything you've just described, what, where, where does spirituality fit in, in your world? Yeah. So, um, uh, being raised, uh, in a small town in Southwest Louisiana, I was, uh, born and raised Catholic. Um, I had a very deep and connected relationship with the church, um, my parents were extremely involved. Uh, they are, um, uh, I, they are devout by definition. I mean, they, they live their faith and I, I um, it's incredible to see and witness, uh, cause you, you don't see, I, I don't think you see that as much nowadays, um, people truly living their faith. And so, uh, was born and raised Catholic, and uh, you know, I was even trained in some Catholic apologetics. Um, I was able to see the world. Um, I, I did events like uh, YFEs, youth family encounters, in big cities across the United States. Um, I went to World Youth Day. Uh, which is like a international 
gathering of youth of Catholic youth from all over the world. And like the Pope goes and uh, I went to Australia to go do that. So just, I mean, when I'm talking about involved, I mean, incredibly involved the Catholic faith and were all these activities, these were all put together, like your parents um, sort of led the way in that respect and, and and were there for all of these events? Not for all of them. Um, some uh, of them I, I did uh, with, uh, you know, young men's groups. Um, and so, which I, I think was kind of a, honestly, a precursor for me for Thumos because I, I was used, you know, I have a lot of experience being in like boys groups, young men's groups and, um, and kind of having that tribe and that camaraderie and, uh, you know, going on retreats and things of that nature. Uh, I realized the value of it. Um, you learn a lot about yourself, about leadership, about, um, you know, just, just different values and, and willpower and, and, just how to be a man. Um, ultimately, though, I got to college, <laughs> and uh, oh, you yeah. know, you kind of see where that story's going. But you know, <laughs> it. I think getting out of the house and starting to, uh, you know, think for myself. It, it's funny. I, I probably have some people listening to this who will laugh. Who got into some debates with me as I debated, you know, my faith. And uh, I'd say I did a very good job of standing my ground. I, I never got back, got backed into a corner. And uh, but ultimately I, I started taking the journey down. I started getting really interested in psychology and what makes you, you, and really looking into just the, the power of culture and how you were raised and where you were born and when you were born and like, you know, just all these things that aren't in your control. And what's the difference between you and somebody who was born on the other side of the earth a hundred years ago, right? Um, mm -hmm. So what what parts of your belief system and and who you are are really about you or come from you and how much of that is is um is almost like a a program uh that's been you know downloaded or passed down to you right um an operating software yeah yeah absolutely just how you're raised and what you you're able to experience um I think a part of, of traveling a lot at a younger age kind of helped me realize that on a on a uh, more applicable level. You know, it wasn't just theory. It was, you know, how does this I've seen other people live a completely different life than myself um, from a young age. So I know mm -hmm. there are other ways to live that are totally valid and, you know those people have no idea the ways that I live and they live kind of in these bubbles and, oh my gosh, there's bubbles everywhere. Right. So kind of getting, continuing to just kind of get outside of all that and, and dissolve that. What used to be clearly defined edges of me just started to kind of dissolve away. And um, for a little while there, 
Uh, it was terrifying. Like I was in a, when I started to realize that, that a lot of the things that I believe were not really my choice. Um, and I started to really rethink the way I, I thought about, you know, um, ideas, uh, you know, philosophy of religion and, and my life's philosophy. It, um, it was a weird place to be being that ingrained in the church for, for so long. And, uh, I ended up stepping away and, uh, not believing in anything. And then there was nothing there, you know, uh, I came to a, a place of peace and, um, acceptance of that. Um, one of the ways, you know, there's, there's kind of the innate, fear of death, right? That we all battle. And sure. I think um, for me, you know, thoughts of an afterlife were kind of the way to push that fear to the side. And when I rethought my, you know, philosophy on life and uh, I had to confront that. And, um, but once I did, it was a beautiful thing. I, I accepted it. And, um, I found that my life was, was enriched because now I understood that, you know, this is, this life that I have is my opportunity to create uh, a heavenly experience, right? I can make it hell. I can choose to make it hell or I can choose to make it heaven. And it kind of drove me in my mission as far as to, uh, you know, make the most of every day, enjoy every day. I'm, I'm really opposed to the whole, you know, I hate Mondays, can't wait for Fridays mentality. You know, that's uh yeah. what a what a sad way to to exist. So um so yeah, so I I think ultimately though, I I had so many transcendental experiences in the Catholic Church. I mean, I had out of body experiences, incredible connected experiences, and I mean, I've, you know, wept from the music and, and felt very much the power of it all. But then, then again, I saw examples of that happening everywhere across many religions, across many cultures. And so where that led me to was that, that, that I think that's a fundamental part of being a human, like finding that. I call it a well, um, a well where you can go an endless well of, of energy that you can go and, and tap into and be a part of something larger than yourself. Um, feel connected to something larger than yourself. And uh, for me, I get in touch with that in, in groups like Thumos, where you you connect with men and um, you kind of let down your boundaries, you open up and and then you are open. Um, you open yourself up to others and then you receive others as they open themselves up to you. And you just you kind of feel that that connectedness and that oneness. And it's very empowering. I mean, whenever you connect with a group of men that truly care. Uh, it is that for me, it is that bottomless well of, of energy, because, I mean, when you got 
20, 30 brothers around you. I mean, you need to pick me up, take, you know, take your pick. Right. I mean, you can just keep sure. going back and, and whenever they need you, it invigorates you. It's, it's just this, this cycle of, of just positive inertia. Um, so, you know, being a part of something like that. And before I, I had Thumos, it was a lot of mindfulness, a lot of meditation, um, a lot of kind of, of finding the barrier of the self where you kind of have this idea of the self and the, the standard operating system of the self. And when you pay attention to it, you start to see it kind of fizzle out and fade away. And then you just kind of understand like all the things that I'm holding on to that cause me to be in a bad mood or negative or, you know, it's not, I, I can let go of those things. I, you know, those don't have to be a part of me because look at, look at me. When I start looking at me, I start to kind of, I get a little fuzzy around the edges and, you know, I can, uh, you know, reflecting on that brings me a lot of peace and, um, and I don't hold on to things as much, if that makes sense. Yeah, that is Ashton. That is, uh, that's deep. And I love how you frame it up as, uh, the edges dissolving. And it sounds like, you know, from what you had already talked about, about growth, growth is a very high priority in your life. And it sounds like your journey along this path has been nothing but growth in perspective, growth in mindfulness. And as you, you know, my, I guess my question for you is where do you see yourself on the journey now? And are you excited about discoveries in the future? And do you think you'll discover something different in the future? I am open to it all. Um, I think, you know, when I told my my uh, my parents about leaving the church, my I had I explained why, and my dad, who's an extremely logical person, um, I think he he really heard a lot of the things that I had to say in it. And it put him in a position in relationship to his faith that, you know, he told me later on that he had never really been put in and it tested his faith. And yet it actually made his faith stronger once he kind of once he got to the other side of that. So I think just for me, I'm, I'm in this place where I'm. I'm. Uh. You know, I, I'm I recognize my limited perspective and it's humbling. And I just want to stay in that place of humility and openness. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a. There's a, a clear intuition around what it means to be a good person and understanding your your role and society and the relationships you have to people and and what is an optimized or an enriched um life you know what what are the things that increase true well-being um you know so i i'm 
exploring that and finding the maybe some of the ways that I can box that up and pass that down to my daughter, you know, for the time being. But, um, you know, as far as my journey, that's, you know, I, I will, I, I think I've actually heard you say this before, you know, for, or, you know, uh, forever a student, like I, that's, that's where I want to be. I just want to be a student. Um, always that's, Ashton, do you, do, I love that, man. Do you, do you find that, uh, you're in search? Like, are you searching for truth? I think I used to search for truth. Um, now I'm a lot more okay with just being. Dude, you uh, you're wise beyond your years, my man. Uh, you're, you, you, you have uh, there's a, a maturity level that 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 you have in your uh, outlook, in the perspective that you have, uh, especially with your background coming from from where you came from, and into uh, to be open enough and to step into that fear. I imagine that that seeing the boundaries of yourself dissolve that had to be pretty scary. Oh yeah. Um, like I said, I, um, there was a, when, when I first really, uh, I, I, it was no longer like a thought experiment in my head when it became more of a, a, a reality for me. Uh, it definitely, it, it definitely took me to uh, a dark place um, because there was there was just a, a hole where something was before that had been so much a part of me. And now there wasn't. Right. And so. Um, but I found that. Uh, for me, I filled that hole with. Um, learning about consciousness and learning about the brain. You know, I went and got my, my bachelor's in psychology because it, um, funny enough, I was actually a, a pre-med student mm. for, <laughs> oh gosh. So here's a, a lesson to, uh, to anybody that's, you know, maybe listening or has kids that uh, are going to college or, you know, I started off my college experience being what I thought others wanted me to be. I was going down the pre-med path. I did, you know, pre-med for three years straight. And then when all these epiphanies and soul searching, you know, deep dives started to happen, I changed my major going into my senior year to uh, psychology. Um, so I was a added a couple extra years onto uh, <laughs> my uh, student loan uh, debt, but you know, it is what it is. It was all for the best. Uh, I had to learn the hard way uh, to choose the, the path that I enjoyed and not the path that I thought others, you know, I thought was going to you know give me status with, you know, what I thought other people wanted, I guess. Um, that, that's such an intense, uh, that comment is so, uh, I mean, that aligns with pretty much the majority of us in life. I mean, for, to a certain extent, right? That that p 
we are there's no matter even if we think that our guard is down there there's some aspect of what we do that we're doing because we think that's what others think we should be doing mm. and to have that awareness like what you're discussing is is huge because i i mean i i know personally of people who have you know they've lived their whole lives being what it was that they thought they needed to be and uh in in the the question remains what could have been and what are we meant to do and it reminds me of the question that uh, that we had on one of our thumos weekends and that was who am i who am i such a such a simple question but it's so profound and mm. when you think about that uh and you truly like meditate on it or or just have some space to like pull that in I mean, that's so huge. Who am I? So I, I just I love what you're saying. And the fact that you were able to realize that and pivot while you were in college is tremendous because some people don't realize that until 20 years into their career. And yeah, yet you pivoted right at the beginning of college and were, was able to do that, make that shift. And that's probably why you're as wise as you sound because you you (laughs) probably have uh the you're getting that awareness and it's 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 pretty evident well well i would definitely say that it was uh you know i I can i can say that i'm a testament testament to the idea of if you do something that you you know enjoy or um, at least that you're doing for yourself, you will find success. Cause I, I made that switch and it was, that was scary in of itself. Cause I'm like, what do I want to do? And, you know, I really like psychology. I'm, I'm reading all these books about consciousness and what is the science of happiness? And, you know, uh, I'm studying different meditation practices and breathing practices and, um, just exploring the different, um, just the different literature on on what makes up our experience, right? And so I said, I, I enjoy this stuff so much. This is what I'm going to change my major to. And then I did it, and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with this major? Like, what is there even to do? Like, I guess I could be a shrink. Oh, my gosh, I'm way too empathetic. I'm going to take that stuff home with me, and I'm going to be miserable, <laughs> you know? Sure. So, um, but I was able to find a path in um, – just going down that road and, and uh, that spoke more to my gifts and talents and uh, kind of taking psychology more towards the business route, uh, industrial organizational psychology. And I was able to make a career out of it. And so, but, you know, I took that leap not knowing that career. I did not have that plan starting off. Um, I just, I just took the leap and figured it out afterwards. So, um, is there anything that you would have told yourself uh, when you were 18 starting college now that you wish you would have told yourself then? Mm. Yeah, that's that's tough because I. Uh, you know. I, so my, my knee jerk reaction is. I want I, that that 18 year old me needed needed the the 
the trips and the falls to become the me that I am now. But there is something that I, man, I, I heard um, on a Thumos weekend that, that helped me get through the, uh, the birth of my child and um, that I just, I really wish I had known this a long time ago um, because it just, it, it, is so applicable across the board. And that is that prayer is worry for things that you don't want. And if I could have told my 18 year old year old self that I could have saved myself a lot of unnecessary stress and suffering. Uh, if I could have just realized that that's what worry was, what really was. Did you mean worry is prayer for things? For things you... Yeah. Okay. Worry is prayer for things that I do not want. Oh man. So stop worrying. You're just asking for the for the very thing that hasn't happened yet and that you don't know is going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, be realistic, but don't worry. Mm. And for someone who does worry, what is a tactic to get them to stop worrying? Like, how, how would it, can you just it feels like you can't just void that out and have nothing. You have to replace it with something. Um. Because I know people who worry. <laughs> I think we all do. And uh, mm-hmm. if you tell them, hey, just stop worrying, they'll say, hmm, okay, much easier said than done. Yeah. So um, for me, so I guess I can use the the um, the example of uh, my uh, – when my daughter was born, um, you know, this is our first – you know, everybody encourages you and tells you how it's going to go. But at the end of the day, you're just it, it's. You're just teetering on this, this, you know. This ledge of, you know, the baby's coming, but the baby's not here yet. And you just don't, you know, it's not there until she's not there until she's there. And, and otherwise, you know, what could go wrong? And so those those uh, thoughts start to slip in. And I think once you just truly understand, like, you know, we have a a propensity to um, fulfill the thoughts in our head. Right. So if you say, man, girls don't like me, I'm never going to get the girl. You're probably not going to get a girlfriend anytime soon. Right. Um, So you, you worry about these things and then you you create that. You, you tend to engineer circumstances around you to create that reality um, subconsciously even. Um, so for me, just understanding the, the mechanics of that was like, okay, you know, you got to stop thinking of that. Okay. What, what can, and then you start thinking, what can I do to, to push myself towards the outcome that I do want? So for me, it was, making sure that I was creating a positive environment for my wife, rubbing her back, talking about breathing exercises. I, I don't know how many times I said, you know, let's just be present. Let's just, let's just soak this in. Remember to be present. We're going to enjoy every moment of this and it's going to be okay. And I just kept, you know, reminding her of that. Uh, and, and it was, you know, it, it's funny that, when the nurse was taking us to our room, she asked, she goes, 
is this your first? And uh, we're like, yeah. She goes, you're so calm. Most people are freaking out right now. <laughs> we're like, well, you know, what, what is there to freak out about? We're, we're, we're here. We're going to get through it. And, you know, mil- billions of people have been in our footsteps, you know, before us. So, mm, man, such a strong message. Hey, before we wrap up, um, Ashton, this has been fun, man. Um, cause I want to have you on for other, uh, discussions cause your, your psychology degree and, and the things that you're learning, uh, are pretty damn interesting. It sounds like you've got some exciting uh, things that you're going to be learning and you're excited about, um, what advice before we wrap it up, man, what advice would you give to, um, to young men out there, you know, 10 years younger than you, maybe they're starting a relationship. Maybe they're, you know, thinking about, you know, getting into a relationship. What advice would you give them? Mm. Well, you know, the, uh, I think it's just so easy uh, for us to get caught up in the moments, uh, the the events of a relationship, the ones that we can post about and look back on, and, and um, you know, kind of these these high points. Um, people that, you know, we, we tend to want to prolong that honeymoon phase. And, and then when we get out, it's like, you're trying to go back. But I think if you, you just find the person that you absolutely enjoy being boring with, um, because that's going to be most of your time is boring. Just, you, I love that. Did you just say enjoy being bored with? Yeah, enjoy, find the person, like, I don't want, you know, and I promise you I'm not trying to, like, fire any shots right now, but, like, I don't want to be in a relationship where I'm like, yeah, I've got everything I need on my back patio so I don't have to go inside and, you know, interact with the wife or, you know, something (laughs) like that. You know, like, I, I, you know, I... And I enjoy being with her and, you know, we make each other better people. We talk about, you know, interesting things. And um, most of our life is not exciting, which I think most people's tend to be. Uh, And if you can find enjoyment in the normal, uh, find somebody that you just enjoy the normal with. I mean, that's that's how you get beyond that that 50 percent divorce rate, Uh, because I think that's probably a large piece of of why people you know are looking for the spark you know when they lose that spark they think oh i must not be uh you know something's not right uh for me for my wife and i i mean the spark is the spark is just the little jokes that we make throughout the day the little you know uh you know now we get to do it with our with our baby but um, you know, the, the little times where we can, you know, read each other's mind or, you know, you, you, you were thinking exactly what I was thinking and you said it before I even said it kind of thing. I mean, we just, you know, 
when you just enjoy those moments, you choose to enjoy those moments, then, then you, you're more prepared to go the distance. So mm, great advice, Ashton. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. And I want to thank all the listeners today for, for, for chiming in. Um, if you uh, like what you've heard today, please remember to follow, share, give us a strong review. And for those out there, men that are searching for improvement and growth, be sure to check out Strong Dads Community. Um, you can find us on social media or at dot com. Uh, with that, Ashton, we'll wrap it up. Thanks again, brother. Thanks, Charlie. This was awesome, man. All right, everybody. We're out.